If you didn't bring a Bible with you this evening, we have extra Bibles. We'd be glad to let you use one if you'd raise your hand. And we're going to turn in the Scripture to Psalm 34. Raise your hand if you want to use one of our Bibles. It helps when you uh, make the effort, turn to it, find it, let your eyes rest upon it. And, of course, you ought to always check up on the preacher. That's right. Every preacher, don't, don't you just swallow something because somebody said it, because some preacher said it. Don't you just swallow it. Is it Bible or is it somebody's opinion, right? Is it Bible or is it somebody's theory? Is it Bible or is it somebody's conviction or experience? Because only the Word is worthy of you building your life upon. Only the Word. And, and being a doer of His Word is the only thing that will withstand all storms of life. Uh, you know, most people will agree with that, but the reality is that so many people's life is not built on the Word. It's built on their opinions, their theories, their experiences, other people's theories and opinions. No, where's the verse? Right? Where, where's it at? In the Bible. You know, I, I know the first year that I went to, uh, to Rama Bible School uh, some years ago, the Lord challenged me during that year. I, I, I remember it distinctly. I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside me in a time of prayer, the Lord challenged me uh, to examine everything I believed and why I believed it. And uh, he, he challenged me, every time you realize I believe this, Find it in the book. Find it. And not just two words in a verse. If it's really in the Bible, you'll find more than one verse on it. The Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And so I got that in my spirit strong. And as the year went by, I'm reading and studying a lot. Of course, I'm in Bible school. And uh, I'd think of something, yeah, well, I believe that. And so then the next thing I thought I'd have is, where's it at? Where's it at? And there were, I don't know how many things. Many things that I'd think, well, I know that's in there. And I'd get to looking for it and I couldn't find it. Uh And I thought, now, come on. I know, yeah, sure, I believed that all my life. You know, Grandpa believed that. Aunt Mildred believed it. And, you know, Brother So-and-so preached it. But. I'd get to look at I could not find it. I'd search high and low. I'd get in a concordance. Well, if you can't find it in the Bible, it's time to get rid of it. Did you hear me? Sometimes people say, well, I've got a right to my beliefs and you've got a right. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, I don't. If you're a Christian, if Jesus is your Lord, you don't have a right to believe just anything you decide to believe. You're supposed to believe what he said, right? And make everything conform to this. So uh, do that in your own life. And anytime you hear somebody preach on TV or anytime you're reading a book or anytime you're listening to a tape, anytime, before you get too carried away on something, where's the scripture? Right? Where's the verses? Where? Where is it at? You know, there's been a lot of times I got, you know, especially in, as, a, as a young preacher in the beginning days, I'd, I'd have a thought. I'd read a verse and I'd have a thought and I'd think, whew, that's good. And then I'd read the next verse, and I'd go, huh. 
I'd get, I could get all pumped up. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, well, this is a good sermon. And then I'd get in the concordance and start looking at other scriptures on that subject. And I find about five things that contradicted what I was thinking. And I thought, huh, that won't work. <laughs> but if you don't look at the other scriptures, you people just go on and preach it. I'm going to know what I'm saying. And they're not thinking, well, there's five other scriptures that contradict this, so it can't be so. Thank God for the word. Keeps us straight if you stay in it. And, of course, that's why everybody around Faith Life Church reads their chapter every day, Monday through Friday. Is that right? It's well known throughout the Ozarks. And I guess in other places, too, since... uh, Internet. Uh, Are you in Psalm 34 yet? Psalm 34. For some weeks now, we've been ministering on the subject of the life of praise. The life of praise. And we want to continue on that this evening. And we've already prayed and You're believing with me, right? In Psalm 34 and verse 1, let's read it out loud together. Verse 1 through uh, 3 here. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now let's just stop right there. Should we act on that verse? Should we be doers of this verse? If you are, then what will happen? You'll be blessing the Lord when? At all times. Is that a lifestyle? That's not just something you do when you go to a service or for a few minutes in the front of the service on Sunday morning or whatever. No, this you do at all times. Sometimes people, you know, I've heard people even mockingly say, oh, they just have a habit of saying praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> they just have a habit. They just say it all the time. Well, you don't want to say it mindlessly, but you do want to say it all the time. Yeah. Right? Because that's just acting on the scriptures yeah. all the time. Yeah. And now notice what else, what else it says. His praise shall what? Continually. They're... they're Telling you again, this happens all the time. This is a lifestyle. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, that's not just mental praise or silently in your heart praise. Right? That is in your... Well, if it's in your mouth, it can be heard with ears. If nobody ever hears you say, praise the Lord, then you need to make some changes. Now, you ought not be obnoxious and just trying to do something for somebody else's benefit, putting on a show. But at the same time, if life, excuse me, if praise is a lifestyle with you, then you're going to, it's like people who cuss. Real cussers are going to cuss before they think about it in front of somebody else. Huh? Why? Because they're full of cussing. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you're full of cussing, 
then, you know, it's, it's like a sponge. It's full of water. That's right? right? It might, if it just sits there real still, the water might not come out. But if you push it just a little bit, what's going to happen? <laughs> well, if people are full of cussing, anything, push them just a little bit, they're going to go, ah, blankety blank, or blank blank, or oh, I'm sorry. Huh? Well, should you and I be full of cussing? No. <laughs> I think like we got pretty good agreement on that. <laughs> Let me talk about this just a minute. We don't, you know, a lot of times people don't like to think about this, but you've got a lot of Christians who say things they ought not say. Did you hear me? Stump their toe, hit their finger with a hammer or something, and just all blankety blank. Then they go, oh, man, I'm sorry. (laughs) I shouldn't have said that. Well, no. You should, you should be more concerned about something else than the fact that somebody heard you. That's the lesser of the things. And usually that's what the deal is. People are just, they're just concerned, oh, so-and-so heard me. Brother Keith heard me say an ugly word. Well, that's not the biggest deal. The biggest deal is why was that in you? Why did that come out so easy? Did you hear me? Because if you're full of something else, that's what will come out when you're pushed and pressed. You know, I'm a pilot, and I read reports, you know, publications, to accidents and problems, because I want to know what happened so I don't do it. And they have these cockpit voice recorders, and pilots... I, you, you don't just see it once. I mean, you see it. Uh, I, I must have seen it hundreds of times in reading these reports. Certain places, when they see they're going to die, uh, they, they put all uh, asterisks and question marks and exclamation points because it was all profanity. Well, now, that's not good right before you leave your body. Did you hear me? To be cussing. But the thing is, whatever's in you, under enough pressure, that's what's going to come out. If you're full of faith, that's what'll come out. If you're full of praise, that's what'll come out. Right? If you're full of love, that's what'll come out. If you're full of bitterness and you're full of anger, you might be able to mask it for a few minutes on Sunday morning and be, you know, pseudo sweet. How many know what I mean by that? How many, how many understand there are some folk that are just too sweet? Yeah. I don't know if you know what I mean by that or not. Do you know what I mean by that? It's just not real. Oh, they're so precious and they're so sweet. All oh, the bless your heart. And it just ain't real. Did you hear me? You see these folk in another situation where they're pressed, and guess what comes out? Blankety, blankety, blank, blank. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. No, that's what was in there. How did we get off on this tonight? (laughs) Well, his praise shall continually be in your mouth if you're putting the word in all the time. Is that right? See, whatever whatever goes in is what's going to come out. If you watch eight hours a day of cussing on TV... 
Huh? If you, if, you, if you listen and listen and listen, well, then that's how stuff gets in you, and that's how it's going to come out. If you talk one way with the people you work with out on the job, and then you try to change and dress up and be nice and come to church and talk another way, you can only maintain that for a short amount of time. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we, we shouldn't be so concerned about projecting a good image in front of other people. We should be concerned about what's on the inside. Yes. Right? What our heart is full of, then you don't have to be thinking about what's going to come out. Right? Because under pressure, the right thing is going to come out. Under pressure, you're going to speak the word. I know some years ago I was in a situation, I won't describe all of it, but another fellow was flying. And he really did something that was uh, not cool. And it looked like we might die in about three seconds. And the one thing that really ministered to me, I used to minister to, yeah. I was looking at a building I was about, oh, it seemed like 50 feet from. Traveling about 300 miles an hour. And it looked like we might be dead real soon. And the thing that blessed me is I wasn't scared. I was sitting there looking out the window, and, you know, it wasn't in my hands. I mean, I wasn't in control, and things were happening too fast. And and it blessed me. I thought, (laughs) I'm not scared. (laughs) And you know what I said? I said, glory to God. (laughs) Glory. Why? Because it's torment to be bound by fear, to be terrified. That's torment. And people live in dread. I mean, there's people who won't even get on an airplane for fear of crashing. Why? Well, I'm afraid I'm going to die. If the Lord tarries, you're going to die. Did, did you not know you're going to die? I mean, you knew you were going to die, didn't you? See, look at that. People don't, they don't want to think about it. They're like, no, don't talk about that, Brother Keith. Look, if the Lord tarries his coming just a little while, you're going to die. None of us going to make it out of this alive. Unless he comes back before, you know, we live out our life. That shouldn't be a shocker to you. The big thing is, are you saved? Is your name in the Lamb's book of life? Then you don't have to be afraid to die. Don't have to be afraid. Whatever is in you is what's going to come out, particularly when the pressure is on. And that's why you'll see people people get mean. They're supposed to be Christians, but you'll see them get mean. You'll see them get uh, ugly. You'll see them, you know, say things they ought not say. And they'll come back and repent later. I'm sorry you saw me like that. Well, that's not the big deal. The big deal is why is that in you? Why are you so full of that? That's why you need to feed on the Word. I said that's why you need to feed on the Word. Word in, word in, word in. Looking at Jesus in the gospel accounts. Looking at redemption in the epistles. Looking at God in the Old Testament. And having the praises of God in your mouth. By saying it all the time, you're hearing it all the time. And you'll get full of that. I said you'll get full of that. Just like people get full of bad stuff. You'll get full of the praise of God. 
Amen. And when anything pushes you a little bit, instead of cussing, you'll start praising God. Right? How many understand there, there is another reaction? Instead of getting mad, instead of getting scared, you can immediately begin to go, Lord, I thank you for bringing me out of this. Thank you, Lord, you're in me. Greater is he that's in me than he who's in the world. I have the mind of Christ. You're helping me. Your strength is in me. Thank you for bringing me out of this. Thank you for showing me what to do. Thank you. Praise you. How many believe you'll get different results responding like that? Yes, you will. But you don't wait till something comes up to start something new. This needs to be a lifestyle. You're already doing it all the time. His praise is continually in your mouth. In your mouth. In your mouth. Right? So, well, I just praise the Lord just quietly in my own way. Well, you're not exempt from the Bible. What makes you so special and different from the rest of us? Well, that's just not me. Well, then me needs to change. (laughs) The Bible don't conform to you. You conform to the Bible. If you don't fit this, you change. Or be out of the perfect will of God. Miss things. No, say it out loud. I'm a praiser. I bless the Lord at all times. His praise is continually in my mouth. He went on to say, read it out loud with me, verse 2. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Praise God. So we've went into some detail. Really, to get the most out of tonight, it would have helped if you heard what went before. We've, uh, quite a bit we've gone over. Tapes, CDs are available if you like them. But uh, we talked about when you should praise the Lord. And where you should praise the Lord. We talked about, we're talking about why you should praise the Lord. Why praise? One thing we said, and we've already been talking about, because he told us to. If that's all you knew, that'd be enough. But we went on to see numerous other things. One, praise minister, true praise ministers to God. We went into some detail and saw how it is to God a sweet fragrance and how he receives it. He takes it in and it ministers to him and it blesses him. What a high thought that we, the created, can give something to the creator that ministers to him and blesses him. Sometimes you hear people so adamant, so, you know, we can't. We can't give him anything. That's not true. That's not true. He receives our offerings of praise. He receives our material offerings. He receives our life service in worship. He receives it as a gift from us to him. And it blesses him. It ministers to him. And then we've been talking about this side of it. Praise helps us. Praise 
We, 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 you know, that's how we've been talking already about how it can help you to respond correctly, how it can get yourself full of the word and full of faith. But praise helps us. The Bible said praise is comely to the upright. It looks good on us. Makes us look good. How many think you'd look better? Would you rather somebody took a picture of you for us to blow it up and put up on the big screen of you stomping your foot and cussing or of you lifting your hands and praising God? If we had no words... Which picture you think you would look more attractive? <laughs> That's pretty easy, isn't it? Your face all scrunched up and mad and, and bitter makes you ugly. It, I don't care how good looking you think you are in the natural, it makes you ugly. Right? But... Oh, the glory of God on your countenance. Amen. The light of God in your eyes. The love of God on the tone of your voice. Makes you look good. Right? Makes you look good. The Bible talks about that. We talked about that. And last week we went into some detail. The Lord, the Holy Ghost actually led us a different direction than I intended. But we talked about thanksgiving. And how it is a key to more. But go with me to Psalm 16. Let's let's go into this some more about praise helping us. You're in the Psalms. Just turn back to the 16th Psalm and see a truth here. That should make us all desire to praise more and more. When you see how this works. You should be, should motivate us. Psalm 16 and verse 11. Psalm 1611 says, You will show me the path of life. How many know you can stand on these words? How many know you can take this word just like God spoke to you? Just like you saw the Lord Jesus and he spoke to you personally and said, I will show you the path of life. Can you take it just like that for yourself? The Lord told us he would show us the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, how many know that's close to him? There are what? Pleasures forevermore. Where is, you know, you hear psychologists talking about this, you know, just close your eyes and go to your happy place. (laughs) Well, there is a happy place, but it ain't just in your mind. Where is our happy place? Hmm? In your presence is what? Is fullness of joy, and at your right hand, which is another way of saying that. In, how many of you are at somebody's right hand? You're right by them. They're right there. Are pleasures, fullness of joy, and pleasures forevermore. That sounds like a happy place, fun place. You know, uh, there's been this. 
implication and in inference and even people, by preachers coming right out and, and, and saying things to the effect that if you really sell out for God 100% and serve God with all your, your heart, spirit, heart and soul, mind and strength, then you, you won't really be happy. I'm going to know what I'm talking about. You, you know, you, that, that's all for later. That you will be carrying your burden and you'll be bearing your cross. And it's a rough old road to hoe, but soon it'll all be over and you can go to heaven. And, and people, you know, through years and generations of religion, they read that and they relegate all of this to after this life. That, well, you know, well, yeah, when we die and go to heaven, then we'll be in his presence and then we'll have a fullness of joy. It, it didn't say when you die and go to heaven. Right? It said in his presence. Can we be in his presence down here? Can we experience? Certainly. When we get to heaven, glory to God, we're going to be in the fullness of the presence of the Almighty. I mean, our mortality can't take all his presence. Right now, the Bible said no mortal man has seen him and lived. He's just too much. Oh, but I'd like to see how much I could take in this life. How about you? <laughs> I'd like for the Lord to turn it up just to the point where I'm about to leave here. Right? <laughs> and, and I'd have to say, Lord, that, that's all I can take. That's all. I, just, just that much more. Oh, that's it. That's it. But I'd like to get there. Wouldn't you? Let's get there. And in his presence is fullness of joy. Now, the other side of this would show why there's so many unhappy people. Why there's so many miserable, depressed, unhappy, unsatisfied people. Why? Because they're not in his presence. They don't live in his presence. They live in the presence of other things. They live in the presence of fear. The Bible talks about the spirit of fear. The presence of that kind of thing, that's not the presence of God. They live in the presence of strife, fussing and fighting all day and all night. Their house is full of strife. The workplace is full of strife. Anxiety and fear I'm going to fail and fear this is not going to happen and fear the money's not going to come and afraid they're going to find something in the examination report and afraid I'm not going to make it and, and they live in the presence of fear live in the presence of strife that's not living in the presence of God how can you tell people who are living in the presence of God huh they're going to be strong people why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. They're going to be people of joy. Oh, hallelujah. Real people of God are people of joy. How many understand there are legions of so-called Christians who are depressed? They're whole churches. You, you come on the parking lot and you feel depressed. They crank up the organ and you feel depressed. Huh? 
They sing and you feel depressed. It's, it's mournful. You hear messages and you feel worse after you heard it than you did before. You leave and you just feel bad. You think, man, I'm a, I'm a low life, I guess. I'm a poor, pitiful excuse for a Christian. I've failed in so many ways and I just don't know. Y'all pray for me that I'll make it through. And so much of the world outside, that's what they think Christianity is. So they don't want to give up partying and they, don't, they want to have fun in life. So they don't darken a church door. But it's a lie. I said it's a lie. Nobody has fun. Like spirit filled, God filled, praising God Christians. Nobody has fun. Like us. We know how to have fun. We know how to party. Don't need drugs. Don't have to get drunk on alcohol. Don't have to swallow 12 pills and, and hope that, you know, we, we, we make it through it. No. No. The Bible said you don't have to be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled. He didn't say you just got to be, you know, sober. He didn't say you just got to be down. He said, but be filled with the Spirit. Some folk need to look at that. Hold your place here. Go over to Ephesians. In the New Testament. Is this for us? Certainly. All the words for us. But these letters are actually written to us. Ephesians. Ephesians. And the uh, fifth chapter. Verse 17, Ephesians 5, 17 says, Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So is it okay for us to just run around all the time going, Well, you just never know. Try to act wise, but well, you just never know what the will of the Lord is. That is what did the Bible say? Now you hear that kind of thing a lot, but it's not Bible. What does the Bible say? Don't be dumb. Right? Don't be ignorant. Don't be unwise. But what? Understand what the will of the Lord is. How are you going to find out and understand what the will of the Lord is? You're going to have to put your nose in this book and read your chapter every day, Monday through Friday. And then some. And go to church and, and, and think on the Word and meditate on the Word and you find out what the will of God is. Pray and seek God. Ask Him about His will. And don't go around ignorant of His will, but find out the will and then stand on it and say, this is the will of God. What? That we all be saved. That none of us perish. Right? Some say, well, I just don't know. Maybe it's not God's will to save me. Oh, no. It's God's will to save you. And this is the will of God, that we be healed. Well, yeah, but I don't know. It might not be God. No, no. It's God's will to heal us. This is the will of God that we prosper. Amen. Amen. Well, God might be teaching me something through this brokenness. No, no, no. God's will is that we prosper. See, as long as you're questioning the will of God, you will be faithless. You can't have faith till you know the will of God. You'll be wavering and vacillating. No. You know, uh, 
I don't, I'm not making fun because I'm, I'm talking about myself. This is how I prayed. I used to go around with my pastor back when I was a teenager to hospitals and to visit people. And uh, this is how we prayed. This is all we knew. He'd, you know, I remember one lady right now, I can see her just as clear in my mind. He, he said, you know, and I knelt down beside the bed with him. Well, Lord, we just pray and ask you if it's your will to heal our dear sister. But if not, thy will be done. And just, you know, give us the strength to do whatever your will is. Well, well, what are we praying? You know, what we're saying is, Lord, you're going to do what you're going to do. Uh, if it's your will to heal her, heal her. If it's not your will to heal her, don't heal her. And, of course, you're going to do what you're going to do anyway. So... Why am I praying? Right? Really? If he's going to do what he's going to do, whether we pray or not. See, people don't think. They don't think. And, and I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm talking about what I did. We did it. But thank God. I found out. I found out. It's the thief who comes to steal and kill and destroy and God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him Jesus never told one person it's not God's will to heal you not one time did he ever tell someone no you gotta wait God's working something out in your life not once that's men's theories That's religion that's made excuses because they didn't get results in different areas. Doctrines of men. No, I'm so glad. We don't have to be ignorant or unwise. We can know. Know what the will of God is. What did the next verse say? Be not drunk with wine. Wherein is excess. Don't drink too much wine and get drunk. But do what? Somebody said, well, and that means you can't get drunk. No, he didn't say that. Well, that means you can't, you can't have fun. No, he didn't say that. This is something most of the church world has no concept of. They have no idea that you could actually get high in the spirit. Most of the church world has not a clue that you could get drunk. In the spirit. But you can. I said you can. So old brother Keith. I don't know. I don't. That's a strange. It's, it's sad that it's strange. Because how did this thing kick off? On the day of Pentecost. Anybody remember? Huh? On the day of Pentecost. In fact hold your place. I was going to quote it, but this is so new to some people. Acts, the second chapter. It said, Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It wasn't all quiet. 
And it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared to them cloven tongues, like as a fire set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. Now, when you get full, you begin to speak. Right? Happens every time. And they begin to speak with other tongues that the Spirit gave them utterance. And the Bible said, down in verse 13, Others mocked, and they said, These men are full of new wine. Now, why'd they say that? If I stood up here, and I began speaking in tongues, and just spoke in tongues, standing real straight, would you say, Brother Keith's drunk? No, you wouldn't say that. What would you, you'd say he's speaking in tongues. Right? Why would somebody look and say, They're drunk. Because they were acting like drunk people. Being filled with the Spirit is compared to being drunk on wine. Hmm? In more than one place in the New Testament. Now I know it just sounds foreign to so many people. But God didn't, He didn't create a dull, dry church. His church is a living church. Everything that the world looks after through a needle, through snorting up their nose, through smoking, through drinking, what are they trying to do? They're trying to get high. They're trying to to, to find that feeling of euphoria. All of that is a poor, 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 poor substitute for the real thing. For the real thing. What's the real thing? Being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Being filled. Let me say, make this statement, and we're covering a lot of different things here, but there is one initial filling of the Spirit in the believer's life, and there are to be many subsequent refillings. Amen. Yes, Lord. Well, I, I, you know, I'm spirit-filled. I spoke in tongues in 1949. <laughs> no, honey, just because you spoke in tongues in 1949 doesn't mean you is spirit-filled right now. Yeah. Did you hear me? I said, what do you mean? The Holy Ghost left me? No, I didn't say that. No. But there are different degrees of being full of the Spirit. If you read the book of Acts, you'll find that the same people that got filled in Acts 2 got filled again just a few chapters later. Did you hear me? Now hold your place there. And, well, let's see. Turn, you can turn that loose in Ephesians. Go back to Acts. Go back to Acts. Verse 13, they, they heard them speak in tongues, but they also said, verse 13, these men are full of new wine. And Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, and he said to them, You men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known to you and hearken to my words. These are not drunken. Now, he did, that's, that's not a, a period. These are not drunken, comma, as you suppose. 
like you think. Because they knew something was wrong with them. Actually right with them, but they, they knew something was odd. And the only people they had seen act like that were people that had been drinking too much alcohol. Why would you think somebody's drunk? Hmm? If you saw somebody sitting beside you in a restaurant at a table and they were laughing and having fun, would you immediately think they're drunk? No. Why would you think they're drunk? Yeah, if they fell out of their chair. Right? If they were too giddy. Right? Laughed a little bit too loud. Huh? Slurred their speech. Right? Thought something was funny that really wasn't all that funny. Huh? If they got up to go to, you know, somewhere else and they stumbled around and staggered and, and they had to hold on to the wall, then you think, they're drunk. That must have been what they saw. Why else would you come to the conclusion somebody's drunk? Not just because they're speaking in tongues. There had to be all these other things. Peter even commented on it. He said, they're not drunk like you think. Right? But they were drunk. Why? Because they're filled with the Spirit. And being filled with the Spirit does not make you a dull deadhead. Does not make you a depressed sourpuss. It doesn't. Being filled with the Spirit makes you light. Makes you happy. Makes you free. Glory to God. Whoo. <laughs> he said this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. He had to tell him. He said it's too early for them to be drunk. I mean it's just the third hour of the day. You know they didn't get up at breakfast and start drinking like this to be drunk like this by this time? No. See, he kept having to explain they must have thought they, they were convinced alcohol, too much alcohol. He said, no. It's spirit. Holy Spirit. Go back to Ephesians. Now you may think we've... Uh, Diverted here a little bit, but we haven't. We're just talking about praising God. Right? Even when they came down and, and spoke in tongues, the Bible said these other people heard them speak in, in their tongue, and they heard them glorify God, and they heard them magnify God. So on that occasion, they weren't just interceding for the nations. They were magnifying God. And a lot of tongues is and should be magnifying God. You shouldn't think every time you speak in tongues that you're interceding. Did you hear me? First Corinthians says, if you give thanks in another tongue, you give thanks well. You can give thanks. Now he's talking about uh, like at a meal or anything. You could give thanks just like you could in, in a, a known tongue. Now, you know, if you haven't experienced these things, don't knock it. Just, just admit and realize that there's something you haven't experienced yet. There's a lot in this Bible that we haven't experienced. Amen. God hadn't changed. People change. People get stiff. People explain things away. People write books that say things are passed away. But just because they do, that doesn't mean it has. 
He said Ephesians 5, 18. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Is there something that in some ways is similar to getting drunk, but it's better than getting drunk? And it's okay for Christians. Have you ever been full of the Spirit? Did you ever do things like drunk people might do? Hmm? I've seen Phyllis slide out of her chair. <laughs> We've been to meetings where I had to scoop her up and towed her out to the car. And before I could get home, she was in the floorboard. <laughs> and everything I said, she laughed. And I'm like, that ain't funny. And she'd go, ha, 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 and just laugh and laugh and laugh. And finally, I, I, I carried her to the bed, and she passed out. I've been full of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. She must say, why are you telling us all this, Brother Keith? I'm getting you ready. The Holy Ghost is getting you ready. There, there is stuff that's just flesh. But there's the real thing too. I said there's the real thing too. And I, I'm purposed in my heart. We, we're not going to go too far either way. Would you believe with me on this? We're not going to be, uh, you know, so wild and everything goes that it's just a bunch of flesh. But nor are we going to be so cold and dry that nothing happens either. Right? We got to be in the right place. And when we, you get there, you just stay after it. I said you stay after it and you be correctable and teachable. Right? Me and you, all of us. If you mess up, you go a little too far one way, then let's be ready to go, okay, <laughs> that was a little too much. All right, we'll, we'll change, we'll make an adjustment. But that doesn't mean you stop. Right? If you're learning how to drive and you run the tire up over the curb, you don't say, that's it. Hmm? You don't just get out and say, well, no, I can't drive. No, no, you stay with it. You admit that's not what you want to do. You don't do that. You don't put the tire up over the curb. But I'll fix it. I'll change. I'll do something different next time. Right? Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be fi- Actually, if you look up the Greek here, it literally says, some of your modern translations bring it out. It literally says, be being filled. Everybody say that out loud. Be being filled. Now see, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Just because you got filled 40 years ago doesn't mean you've been filled to overflowing every day since then. Right? It's an ongoing thing. Every day, day in, day out, you are more or less filled. Most people are less. Much less. But you can be more. Right? More filled. Now, it won't come by accident. You'll have to make some changes and you'll have to persevere in some things. You'll have to learn to do something even though you don't feel like it and just keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on. 
And don't, don't be afraid of these things, you know. Just, just, just keep coming. And keep listening. And, and then you go home and practice. I said, you go home and practice. I know the first time I remember distinctly that I was in a meeting with Brother Hagin. And he talked about some of these things. And he got drunk. I saw him. I mean, he's wobbling around. Couldn't hardly talk. Finally had to sit down in the chair and couldn't get back up. Fell down behind the podium. And just laid there and didn't care. And I knew it was I knew him. I knew it was real. I knew he wasn't putting on. I knew it was real. So I thought, I got to have that. <laughs> and I saw, I'd been saved for years. I, I had been a tongue talker for years. But just because you have doesn't mean you've experienced as much fullness as you can. There's more. A lot more. And I saw right here, what did it say? Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but What? Be filled with the Spirit. Keep reading. What? Speaking. Speaking. Say that out loud. Be filled. filled. Speaking. Speaking. Say it again. Be filled. Speaking. Say it again. Be filled. Speaking. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Doing what? Singing, Singing, making melody in your heart, right, to the Lord. How do you get full? Be filled, speaking to yourselves. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. I saw that. I saw that. That's how you do it. So I went home after the meeting, and I went in a little bedroom we had off the side, and I just said, all right, I'm going to drink. How do you drink? Speaking to yourself in psalms. and Now that doesn't mean singing a song out of the hymn book. That's singing out of your heart by faith. What you going to sing? You don't know. Hmm? But by faith, you begin to drink. Now if you haven't done it much, then it's kind of like a wine that wouldn't have much alcohol in it. You'd have to drink a tub of it for it to affect you. And a lot of people, when they start off, that's the kind of way it is. They, I mean, it's not too much faith and not too much spirit content, but a, li- a little bit. But if you keep doing it, you get stronger. You learn how to yield. Just like you yield by speaking in tongues, you can yield by speaking in prophecy. Now, that doesn't mean predicting the future. That's just speaking uh, uh, edification, exhortation, and comfort, the Scripture says. And so I saw that. So I went and closed the door and just lay across the bed and began to speak to myself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And I, and I, I lay there and I sang and I sang and I spoke, not out of my head now, out of my heart. And I'd speak in tongues some and then I'd speak in uh, a psalm and a hymn. It doesn't have to rhyme. Doesn't, you know, nobody's hearing you anyway Amen. except the Lord. And I lay there, and I lay there, and I lay there, and I got to laughing. And so then I did it some more, and then I did it some more, and I got to laughing, and then I did it some more, and I thought, well, this is fine, but I don't know that I'm, 
I'm drunk. Of course, most drunk people, what do they think? (laughs) And so I got up to go to the bathroom. I'd been laying there for, you know, probably four hours. And I got up to go to the bathroom and felt kind of funny. So I reached for the wall and I missed it. And I just lay, just lay on the floor and laughed. And laughed and laughed and laughed. Well, see, I was drunker than I thought. A lot of times it'll happen that way gradually. In the service, I've, been, I've gotten that way before. The anointing began to get stronger and stronger. And you don't realize it, but you, you just get to where you laugh at anything. And you just, you just are happy. In His presence is... Fullness of, how many like the word fullness? Fullness of joy, fullness of joy, fullness of joy. So if you're staying depressed most of the time, you're not doing it right. (laughs) You're not hearing the right things, you're not saying the right things, you're not doing, well I go to church all the time. Well when's the last time y'all got drunk? I don't know that anybody's ever got drunk in the history. Well, there ought to be some times. I said there ought to be some times. And you don't have to wait till some special service occurs. You can do what I did. Right? I saw somebody else get blessed and I thought, I got to have that. No reason for me to miss out on that. Be filled. Speaking. Speaking to yourselves. Now before this is over, unless I say that, you know, if I keep, if I do everything I've talked about doing, we'd be here for another three years on this course. And some of these things, um, if we don't get to them like some of the healing things last time, uh, I know I didn't get to some things, but I, the Lord tarries, I'm planning on being here a while. You understand what I'm saying? And if the Lord tells us to at the right time, I may pick up right where we left off and go on. And then, of course, you know, as ministers, we're only supposed to minister as far as people can hear. Do you know that? No, Paul said numerous times, he said, I would have said this or that, but he said, you weren't ready to hear it. And so the ability to hear affects utterance as well. But I plan to, unless the Lord says something different, just camp on this a while and get into it and even maybe demonstrate some. And talk about how you do this. Would that be okay? Amen. Maybe we'll just have one night. It'd just be a drinking night. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. And then once you, once you learn how, you can do it again. And the more you do it, the quicker. The quicker you can get to the place of uh, being full. Being full. Now, if you have an experience, don't, don't knock it now. Don't knock it. Just, just open your heart and say, Lord, I'm a candidate for that. Yeah. Count me in. Teach me about this. Show me. Because if you've got the same Holy Spirit they had, you should have some of the same experience. Right? Just like they did. And you can. You can. Now, go back, if you would, with me to, uh, to the book of... Uh, While you're here, go to Acts. Go to Acts. 
while you're here. <laughs> Acts 3. Well, no, let's see. Go to Acts 2. Were you there already? Acts 2. He said, you know, verse 15, these are not drunk as you suppose. Seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Too early to be drunk on alcohol. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass... In the last days, says God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And let you stop right there. That's what we just read in Ephesians. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, that is prophesying. Revelation says... The spirit of prophecy, excuse me, that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. There's been so much ignorance in these areas. When you say prophecy, most people only think of predicting the future. And that's not right. Now when the prophet prophesies, there would be word of wisdom and word of knowledge, something beyond what we might call plain prophecy. Now, uh, I've just used that word to distinguish it. But the Bible said in 1 Corinthians, he that prophesies speaks to edification, that builds up, exhortation, encouraging, and comfort. Nothing said about prediction in that. Is he saying that all our sons and daughters would be prophets and prophetesses? No, people try to make it that, but that's not what he said. They'll what? Prophesy. A lot of what people used to call testimony was prophecy. Simple prophecy. What do you mean? Somebody stand up and say, I just want to give glory to God tonight for all the good things he's done for me. He blessed me. He helped me so much. He healed my body. And they'd begin to get inspired. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, now they're, they're not talking out of their head. This is not something they rehearsed. It's just coming right out of their spirit. Well, what they're doing, they're prophesying. And there is unction in that that makes you full of joy. How many ever heard somebody, you might, uh, we, we, you call it a good testimony, and the whole place was lifted up? Yeah. There was inspiration in it. Well, it wasn't just them that lifted the whole place. The Holy Ghost was in it. Yeah. Why? Well, what they were doing was simple prophecy. Mm-hmm. Remember, Revelation said the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So here he said, your sons and daughters will do what? That would include speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Some people are beginning to get just a little bit. Other folk are still wondering what's going on. Remember what I said earlier about you got to stay with it? 
Especially if you've never experienced these kind of things before. You have to be persistent. Like I said the first time, you know, that, that I got full like that. I mean, I was hours, hours laying across the bed doing that. Turn to Acts 2 and see this. Um, excuse me, you're, you're in 2. <laughs> Chapter 3. 3. Verse 19. He said, Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing. You know, we need to quit talking about the good old days. We can have everything they ever had today. Can you say amen? We can have greater things in the days to come. We can have moves of the Spirit as strong as anybody's ever had. All we got to do is believe. Cooperate. Right? Not to be, not be too stiff. Too scared. Hallelujah. Times of refreshing. From the presence of the Lord. We can have our auditoriums filled up with the presence of God. So that everybody knows. He's here. He's here. He's here. And when he does, it won't depress you. It won't make you sour. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. Fullness. Hallelujah. I think we ought to praise him some tonight. I think we ought to drink some tonight. I think we ought to yield some tonight. Now, you can't be just a spectator. You've you got to participate if you want to partake. Right? Oh, hallelujah. You can, you can just stay seated for just a minute, but just, just begin to praise the Lord some. If you, if you want to laugh, laugh. If you want to speak in tongues, speak in tongues, but just drink a little bit. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, kole nangitiele makavele mblez nemiande bestia jote. Praise you, Lord. We worship you. We adore you. We magnify you. We glorify you. Oh, praise you. Praise you. Praise you. 